This is The Furnace with John Burton. Hey, guess what? Do you know that there are a lot of people out there who are just radically confused about the structure of the church? And they they would say that they are tired of the one-man show and they have no desire just to sit back and watch a stage presentation and they believe that everybody should have free reign when it comes to ministry and uh, they you know anybody and everybody should be able to prophesy and teach and preach and whatever and here's here's my one word response to those people nonsense it's nonsense and we're gonna talk about that a little bit today because we got all these people that are, they're even leaving churches and they're starting their own churches and, and, they, and they have this, this super hyper spiritual kind of feel to them where, where like, you know, everybody comes together and everybody has a hymn and everybody has a song and everybody has a word and everybody, and they don't understand how that's actually supposed to function. Okay. And so, and so they presume that they are the better version of the New Testament church in comparison to what they would call the institutional church. So we're going to talk about that. But guess what? We're also going to talk about how revival on a city level so often either doesn't launch at all, which I guess would be the norm, or if it does launch a little bit, the reason it dies out, one of the reasons, is because of a lack of apostolic authority and apostolic leadership. And so, so spoiler alert, I'm going to talk a little bit about how pastors just really don't typically have what it takes to steward and lead and nurture and facilitate a, a revival, a move of God. They just, they're not equipped. They're not able. So we're going to talk about those two things. First of all, let's start with the, uh, let's start with the fun one here. Man, I run into these disgruntled, disenchanted, disillusioned types of people who they are quote unquote done with church. Now I've said it often. I'm done with church as usual. I believe we need reformation in the church big time, but the way that they, that these people that I'm talking about presume that this, this reformation in the church is coming. It's just not, they're missing it. They're off target. And so their idea is that anybody should be able to minister at any time. And they are not, they, they cannot stand the idea of rank and order, of hierarchy. They, they, the boy, oh boy, you want to trigger them? That'll do it. And, and so the, so they reject that and they reject the idea that there's one leader and they reject the idea that, um, that there's any designation at all, that anybody and everybody can, can bring a prophetic word at any time. And, Anybody and everybody can do these things. Again, nonsense. It's wrong. It's absolutely, absolutely wrong for a variety of reasons. And let, let me just start with some of the obvious reasons that I guess a lot of people might ignore. They might not talk about it. They don't ignore it. They might not talk about it. Here's one. People might say that anybody and everybody should be able to, to be on the worship team. And they should be able to sing and they should be able to play their instruments. And, you know, you got, you got sister Linda who brings her tambourine. And what is that, by the way? What in the world is that? Who, why do you get to bring a tambourine into a, into a church service? Well, does that mean that, that someone else can bring a tuba? 
Someone else can bring their electric car with their amp and plug it in. Why do tambourines get an exception? What in the what is that? So you get these people that they think they have musical ability and they do not, right? So often of the time, often time, and and or they think they can sing and oh my, they cannot sing. Oh, the pain, the pain, you know. And they think that they should be free to be on the worship team or be free just to uh, uh, take it up another level compared to everybody else in the body and and bring that tam- tambourine or, or whatever and where where does this where does this come from no if you can't sing nobody wants you on the worship team this is the part that people might not be uh, so quick to say I don't want you there get off that get, get off the worship team Get off that platform. You cannot sing. You're causing great pain to the people there. You need to be skilled. You need need to stop it. Put down the instrument. You cannot play. Put down those drumsticks. You you, you can't hold, keep a beat. Drop drop the microphone. Not talking about a mic drop moment. I'm like, put that microphone down. You can't sing. You can't play. And you, and, and understand, you being on that platform or you being on that worship team, it's not about you. Ministry is about serving others. So if your singing is actually doing damage to the experience, if your playing an instrument is doing damage to the, other, to the experience, and other people are having a harder time connecting with Jesus, well, you need to serve. You need to put the mic down, drop the instruments, and find something else to do, right? And so no, anybody and everybody can't just do that. You know, and oh, please, oh, please, please, I'm begging you. For those of you that love to just belt it out at the top of your lungs at a level higher than everybody else. You know, you got Sister Soprano and, you know, in the pew behind you. Oh, you're doing great damage. Stop it. Just stop. Even if you think you're talented, stop. Why do you think that you get to sing louder than everybody else and to bring attention to yourself? Stop it. Ah, is anybody tracking with me? Oh, please leave some comments. Let me know that I'm not the only one. And so that's an example of, you know, so no, everybody can't just do that. Well, what about prophecy? This is one that really gets people stirred up. Trigger alert. No, 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 no. Anybody and everybody can't just prophesy at any time in a church service. You understand? I'm talking about church services. No. For a variety of reasons. You ever been to these churches where the same person prophesies every week, every Sunday? Every Sunday. Same person gives a message in tongues every Sunday, every week. Someone else gives the interpretation. Someone else prophesies. Every, every week, it's the same, same little handful of people. Oh, please stop. You're too excited about the sound of your own voice. Stop. Okay. There's prophetic protocol, everybody, in the church. There's protocol. And there's there's so many reasons for this. You know, one of the reasons is character. We can talk about character issues. There are some people out there, they have really either bad character or or they're immature or they have 
issue, issues of, of, of their fleshly nature that are nowhere near being dealt with or what, I mean, we go on and on. There's all of these reasons that they're just not trustworthy. They're not in that place. They haven't been trained. You know, a lot of people blame the church. Well, the church doesn't train, doesn't equip. Well, that's true. I think churches would do well to train better. But guess what? Quit blaming everybody else. You big baby, quit it. If you want to grow in the prophetic, there is nobody that will ever stop you. You got to be kidding me. All you people out there, you get all mad at the church because they won't let you minister. Number one, ministry is not about you. It's not to fulfill you. So, so that crushes that argument right there. But also, number two, if God wants you to minister, you'll minister. So with the prophetic, have you, how many countless hours have you spent online watching YouTube videos on prophetic training or how many books have you bought? You know, how many hours are you spending in prayer? How, are you praying in the spirit, you know, as a regular part of your life? Um, you know, and then beyond the actual prophetic gifting, how are you in terms of relating to leadership? Are you a troublemaker? Are you an outcast? Are you someone that leadership can trust or not? Have you developed relationship? Have you proven yourself? Are you a complainer? Are you a gossip? You know, listen, listen to me on this one. If you are a gossip, you ain't getting anywhere near the body that I've been called to protect and prophesying, quote unquote, prophesying your witchcraft. No way is that going to happen, right? So with, with prophecy, you know, people say, well, we should just be able to just spout out whatever we want anytime. No, you know, and then, and then different churches have different protocols for, for me and my church. I would have people when I was leading a church, uh, I'd have people write it down, write it down, hand it to me. And then, and then we'll determine whether this is a word for the body or not, or the timing is right or whatever. And so many, 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 many reasons why you don't want someone just prophesying. Okay, let's, let's move on to, uh, oh, how about, how about teaching? Oh, please help me. Have you ever just felt a 30-minute sermon feel like three hours? And the person up there has no gifting, no skill at all. The anointing's not there. The unction isn't there. The public speaking ability is not there. The ability to command a crowd is not there, right? It's, it's not there. And, and the people are, are, are not transformed by the word of God in those times. They are bored. They are begging you to shut up. They're begging you to stop talking. You're not good at it. You're not good at it. You're not good. You just can't do it. You're not good at it. Doesn't mean Maybe yeah, you know, maybe you've got the greatest revelation ever, but you don't know how to deliver it. Maybe you're not supposed to be a, a preacher. Maybe you're supposed to be a writer. Maybe that's your gift. Write, write about it. Okay, you know. Um, and then there's others out there, and this is a whole bunch of them. Maybe they, maybe they do have the ability to speak publicly, yet they're dead. I mean, the, pre, the messages that you're listening to, you're like, this is just Sunday school material. Where's the revelation? Where's the dream? Or is this person having dreams and visions? Is there, where's the encounters? You know, where's the, where's the explosive new truth that's just radiating out of them? Even if it's truth that you've heard a thousand times, something different about it. 
because they'd been with Jesus, right? And so, no, you can't just... Some, some of you out there, you can't even handle announcements. I mean, I'm begging you to get off the platform and stop telling us about the, 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 the new men's camping trip that's coming up or whatever. You're boring me. Stop. Nope, you should not be up there. And so, so in the church, everybody, there's order. And if God wants you to do something, you'll do it. If you give yourself, you've got to give yourself to the process. You've got to go through I mean, have you given yourself, whether it's the prophetic or whether it's teaching or, or whatever it is, you know, wor- uh, working with, with youth or whatever it is, have you gone through the process of may- maybe months or years of training? Have you gone through that process? You know, there was a church that I heard of. They wouldn't let anybody do anything in the church until they, they were a member for two years. You know, I'm not saying that that's the way you have to do it, but there needs to be, there needs to be process. Do you understand the vision of the church? That's another great question. Do you, you know, go on and on and on. And so, so no, you can't just get up to, there's protocol. Now, now on lower levels, can you gather together in a small group? And, and I think this is why these people that just do these house church meetings, some of these people that do these house church meetings, why they like doing it, they just, they just want to get together and have a little, little relational kind of, you know, time with the Lord. Well, that's, there's not, that's not bad, but that's just not the church. Within the church, in the ecclesia, there's governmental leadership. And, and oh, by the way, think about it this way. Here's something that a lot of people don't consider. That you may be a great teacher, let's say, but the church just doesn't need need you at that time. Just because you're a great teacher doesn't mean you need to be teaching in that church. It's just, it's just not. Maybe maybe you have a strong, uh, maybe you have a healing ministry, but but at that time, they don't need anybody else on the healing team. They just don't need them. I mean, it's like, you know, in, in any business, for example, I, I have, I own businesses. I'm not going to hire people that I don't need. Well, I don't need that. I don't need that. That role's already taken. For, for example, I have a manager. I don't need another manager. I already got that. Right. And so you might be, you might be saying, well, I, I have a, uh, I want to be on, on the healing team and well, maybe the church has room for you, but maybe they don't need you there. Maybe they don't need you to preach. Maybe it's all filled up. Maybe they don't need you to uh, be an usher. Maybe there's, they have plenty of ushers, right? And so just because you personally have a gift doesn't mean that you're going to be operating in the gift in that church or in that season that your time may come. But again, remember ministry is about serving. So if you can't teach in your local church, even though you have a, even let's say you have a brilliant anointed teaching ministry, but you don't teach in your local church, well, that shouldn't bother you a bit. If the people don't need it, then you don't, they don't need it. But where people get tripped up is if it's all about their fulfillment. It's like, well, I want to teach. Well, that's a whole other issue. That's all. And there's another, if you're not careful with that, it could become a character issue. I'm not saying that it's bad to want to teach. I love to teach. But I don't teach very often anymore. Not right now. 
You know, in the church that I go to, it's a great church. They have their their um, situation set up, and they have they have a rule to where if you are going to be in public ministry, like leadership ministry, preaching and teaching included, then uh, you have to agree that you won't someday start a church in the same city. And, and the idea is, it's kind of, you know, church split avoidance, you know, to where someone is a, let's say they're a great teacher and then they leave and they start something. It's like, oh, hey, why don't you guys come with me? And so there has to be that, 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 that agreement. And so I, I don't know if I'll ever start a church in Branson or not, but I didn't want to eliminate that possibility. So I told my pastor that even though I've been teaching for years and I've got a certain measure of uh, ability and certain measure of anointing and I enjoy it and all of that. And, and I think people would even benefit from that. I made the decision that I'm going to go ahead and pull back from that and not teach, not preach, just in case, just in case I ever got it. God ever instructs me to start a church here in Branson, Missouri. And so, um, so, so that's kind of how that works. I'm not depressed every Sunday that I go because I'm not teaching. I mean, that would be silly. I don't, I don't need to teach. I don't need to teach. It's not, it's not about me. It's about what's best for that church, right? So the same thing is true for all that. Let's so so I hope that makes sense. We have to understand that the the leaders are going to determine what is needed in the church, and if your gifting, your your ministry, isn't needed, that's okay. Just 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 grow and just learn and worship together and just leave it at that. Um, now taking it to that next level of revivals and city movements and why it's so important that we have fivefold leadership in, in, in place there. So we need it in place in the, in the local church. We, and by the way, we don't need an apostle in every local church and we don't need a prophet in every local church. That's a whole other teaching for another time, but I thought I would say that. Um, on the city church level, we do. So, so we need apostolic and prophetic five-fold governmental leaders because, and I won't take long with this, but this is interesting. Their pastors, who typically are leaders of churches in America, are not really gifted or equipped, typically, especially if they're pure pastor. You know, sometimes they're pastor slash apostle or whatever. But if they're pure pastor, they just don't have what it takes to steward a revival, a move of God, a regional move of God to, to facilitate that. So we need apostles in the mix, desperately. We need prophets in the mix. So, so if, a, if a move of God launches in a church that's led by a pastor, that pastor would do very well to get apostolic leadership um, in the mix. And there was, there was a time, and, I, and I'll just share this quick story and I'll kind of leave it at this, but there was a time when there was a there was a, a pretty cool move of God that I was involved in. It wasn't in my church. It was in another church, and we would we would go to this other church um, every night, every single night for a month. And God was moving, and and you know it was about forty minutes away or so from where we were, and so so I would go, and most of my church would go with with me, and we would uh, you know we'd go to that church, and well, God was moving, and. Um, there came a time when we were trying to determine, I wasn't the leader, there was two visiting 
leaders who are really carrying it and there was local pastors and great all, everybody great everybody amazing and but there came a time when we started you know God starts telling us that he's going to teach us basically how to steward a revival and I'll never forget sitting around in the midst in the midst of this I don't know two three weeks in sitting around a, a boardroom table with some of the pastors and others there discussing how we need to just to, to steward this and again all of these were great people you got to understand but there was, I'll, I'll never forget I was I was so troubled I was really really troubled and I was doing my best you know not to let that show but I did make the point here's why I was troubled I made the point I said listen everybody it's critical that we have apostolic leadership leading this thing pastors are not equipped to lead a move of God like this teachers are not equipped evangelists are not equipped doesn't mean they're bad people they just don't have the skill right someone who can type 120 words a minute has skills that someone who hunts and pecks with two fingers they they just have skills different skills right you know some people have a skill to be quarterback in the NFL and some people have a skill to be a construction foreman well a pastors have a different skill set than what's necessary typically to lead a revival a regional revival it requires apostolic leadership and this is why my previous point is so important where we don't just want everybody just haphazardly presuming that they get to do whatever they want to do in a move of God, we need governmental apostolic leadership that will that they have the gifting and the ability to put people into position to make sure that they're where they need to be and not where they don't need to be. That they, they understand what to give preference to, what not to give preference to, what to emphasize, what not to emphasize. They, 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 under, they understand, they can discern things the way that others can't. Um, prophets... Um, in a different way, same kind of an idea, where they're, they are tapping into God's uh, uh, revelation uh, on the situation. And so re- prophets and apostles working together is critical. And then pastors are freed up just to care for the people. So they're not, they're not in, that, in that forward-moving governmental type of decision-making, uh, um, you know, order uh, organization, all of that kind of stuff. They're not in, they, they're just taking care of the people. And so, so we need those who are apostolically gifted to, to lead that. So I, so in that, that little mini move of God, um, ended after four weeks, it was done. And, you know, and, and I believe a big part of it was because I, I think the, the main part of it was a lack of an a, apostle apostolic gifting giving leadership to that thing. I don't think we needed to have these boardroom type meetings as you know, enjoyable as it was, I guess, to get together and share thoughts and collaborate and all that. But we needed, we needed a point person to make these decisions. And then other people to, 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 to speak into that person or to give their insight or whatever. But we needed a point person. And the moment a church or, or a movement like that becomes a, a democracy where things are voted on and and it's it's kind of the will of the people kind of thing it will fail it's kingdom there's leadership same thing in a church there's leadership and there's order 
and there's roles and there's responsibilities and, and there's all of that. And so, um, you know, these, I, you know, I was thinking about doing this podcast and, and I could have done two podcasts to focus on this top, these, these really these two topics, but they're, they're related and we need to understand that when we're throwing a fit, because we can't do what we want to do in the local church, we need to understand that the picture is way bigger than we realize. And God's training us for, for something that's beyond what we understand. And we need to embrace leadership. We need to embrace rank and order. We need to, we need to em, embrace humility. We need to understand that ministry is not about our own fulfillment, but, but about serving. And, and we need to understand that we need to be okay with shifting from one role to another as God and, and his appointed leaders uh, uh, see fit. And so, big topic here. Um, I know a lot of people are just disgruntled and uptight because they can't do what they want to do. They get mad at pastors. And you should be ashamed of yourself. It's a terrible attitude. Um, if God wants you to minister, you will. And let me, I'll just end by saying this. The reason why a lot of you, most of you, are not leading or, or, or serving or ministering the way that you feel called to is because your character is an issue, is because you're not submitted, you're not humble. Uh, it's because, because it's more about you than it is about the church. Um, you know, it's because you, maybe you gossip, maybe you have issues in your heart, go on and on and on, and you do not need to be ministering. You're not healthy. All right, there it is. Send me your feedback. Go to burton.tv slash contact. That's how you can contact me. Um, some of you are listening to this directly from my Facebook. And you can start a discussion right there if you want to as well. I'd love to hear what you have to say. All right, talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Furnace with John Burton. You can access media, read articles, and partner with the ministry online at burton.tv. And by all means, share this podcast with those who are hungry for revival, reformation, and revolution.